Hello and welcome to Steam to Live the Dream. We're in a new season, a new space, a new way, a new thought, a new process. Everything is new over here. We have come to a point where I finally reached that pinnacle where the culmination of everything is coming into alignment and I understand exactly how we are growing. It takes steam to live the dream, but the three quadrants that are most important to keep your steam up is your health, your wealth, and your relationships. In this new season, we are bringing forth the health, the wealth, the relationships, and the business acumen necessary in order to maintain it. Because it's important the type of mindset in which you carry. It's important the spiritual place that you're in. It's important the health of your body, which leads into the health of your business, your money, and your relationships. All of these things operate together in a synergy and we're showing you from the deepest of depths exactly what that is. So come join us as we dig deeper in your health, your wealth, in your relationships to build that foundation in order for you to grow, scale, and become the phenomenal, innovative, entrepreneur, and creative you were always meant to be. Steam to live the dream. Let's go. Steam to live the dream. Hello and welcome to Steam to live the dream. In today's topic we're talking about you can either choose lack or you can choose abundance. Is this true? Can you choose to be in lack or can you choose to be in abundance? From the moment in which you are born, your life is an empty slate. You don't know which direction you're going. You have no idea in which way that you can go. But it's the people around you that dictate between the age of zero and six years old when your brain is most malleable, what kinds of thoughts, thought processes, fears, and achievements in which you will desire. Have you ever noticed a child in their youngest stage, in their youngest age, they are the most free-spirited person being you ever met in your life. They are willing to try things, touch things, put things in their mouth, do anything that they want to do, and they have no fear. Have you noticed this? This is why they say 
you should train up a child in the way that they should go. Because you have to train the child. Don't touch this. This is hot. Don't do that because that can hurt you. Don't run away from me. You could get hurt. So on and so forth. But when you are trained with the don'ts, you will learn to live in a lack mindset that I can't do something because there are certain parents that will teach their children uh, as adults, don't use the word uh, never or can't because anything is possible. It's a funny little quote that pops up on social media often that states impossible is possible why because impossible literally is spelled I am possible see how that works think about that we are taught at a young age that when our parents are putting garters around us to prevent us from falling, putting garters around us to prevent us from being certain ways, during that first year to six years, our brains are most malleable. And if we are taught to fear, we are taught lack, we are taught certain things we won't ever try anything notice other minorities tend to teach their children you ever heard people say that the the most tenacious business people will always say their parents never stopped them from running they won't run into a wall they let them run into a wall if they were going to fall and hit their behind, they let them fall and hit their behind. Some of their parents, they were seemingly very mean. Why? Because they never wanted to stop them from being at a point that they would take a risk. And they learned through those things that they learn through their own mistakes don't do this and they also learn from their own mistakes that I can take a risk children when they fall that if you let them they'll get themselves together get back up and keep going somebody once told me if you watch a child if their parents don't say anything to them they may actually not start screaming at the top of their lungs and crying when they fall and hurt themselves but if a if a child begins and pay attention to children children learn quick i'm talking about a one-year-old will have a a full-grown adult wrapped around their finger if they realize because that's how quick their brains work that that parent the second that they fall if they cry the parents gonna come running to them why because they like the attention of that parent so if they know that if they fall full out on the floor screaming and cry that parents gonna come running to them immediately 
children are smarter than you think. And those children that you see where the parents, child fell out crying and the parent didn't even move. (laughs) Those children realize, oh, then I can't play this game with you. (laughs) It's not going to work. Notice that when you have uh, a family unit that is set up, well, you have the mom and you got the big mama and then you got, notice that if mama is the type of mama that, oh my God, he, he, she fell, blah, 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 blah. They're going to immediately run over, oh, my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby. And we'll be in a mode of, they're going to take care of that baby immediately. Big mom. Big mama, on the other hand, that child fall out. It's like, you can lay there and have a temper tantrum if you want to, but not understanding I'm not going to come over there and help you. <laughs> not at all. So you can lay right there and stay right there if you want to. Notice that child, when they figured out that big mama's not going to do it with them, they stopped doing that. Notice when a parent has a child and whether it's the mother or the father child tries to do something to test the parents ability to understand i remember years ago uh i was watching a tv show and a child was told she couldn't go do something she asked the mother the mother said no i told you you are not going to do that she turned around and went to the father knowing if she smiled enough and curtsied and acted a certain way, father would do let her do exactly what she wanted to do. Because all she had to do was say, I got permission. What am I trying to say by showing you the way children are? That the way that the parents react, act, and reacted determined the way the child acted, acted, and reacted to the situation. So if you have a child with a lack mindset, nine times out of ten, they have that parent that never let them do anything. Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Oh, no, 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 you can't. No, 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 no. I was listening to my coach the other night when she was talking about a situation where she went through something and in her youth and she knew that she was a driven person. So if somebody wasn't going to do something for her, she's going to do it for herself, whichever way in which she had to do and go through the, the process of getting it done. She's always been that way because she knew that the people around her were not going to help her do what she needed to get done. Now, me on the other hand, grew up in a household my mother was the opposite my mother was the smotherer my mother came to me as soon as she if I felt she was in my face if if anything happened she she was taking care of me and I didn't find out till I was an adult why she was like that because something happened when I was between the ages of one and three years old that she didn't realize was going on and she was, she was not aware of it. 
because she was working at the time. And when she realized it, and it was revealed to her in relation to what happened with me, she became suffocating. I couldn't go here. I couldn't go there. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do this. You can't do that. You're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. So I was very suffocated as a child. So where I would want to go out and do things for myself, there was always something resisting my ability to move forward in that thing. I remember my mother gave me a little bit of freedom when I was a teenager and uh, lived in a a cul-de-sac community of townhomes. And it was one particular day I was outside with my cousin. And I'll never forget this. There was a young man that went to my high school. He saw me and he was out there with a gang of his friends. There were, they, the, the one that I was talking about, he made a remark towards me and he had a two by four in his hand at the time he made that remark. I picked up my cousin and I took off for him. I wasn't that far away from my home. I was like two, two sections away from the section that we lived in. And that day was the last day after that point that I was allowed to go out freely walking in the community. Every time I found a little bit of freedom in my life, there was something that always occurred simultaneously to push me back into a segment of my life that I was isolated. It was me and my mom, me by myself at a point in time in which I was supposed to be able to move forward, something always externally pushed me back into a corner. And I have to always end up fighting to break out of that cycle. That if you're raised by a parent that is in fear, It will make you lack and position you for lack. But if you are raised by a parent that has not fear, and these are sometimes parents that are looked upon as, oh, it's so abusive. Pardon the thunderstorm, it's thunderstorming outside. If you can hear it, okay. Some people are borderline abusive. If you listen to 95% of the cases, Listen to some of the celebrities that are ruthless business people that are um, very well-known business folks. And see if you didn't notice that there's an element about them that's different. Why is their drive different? Why are they driven differently? Why is their hustle different? Because of the way that they were raised or they had to raise themselves. So 
so they were driven just a little bit more differently than the ones that were smothered as children. People that are lacking are nine times out of ten smothered or isolated. But the people that have the abundance mindset were pushed out or pushed toward abundance because they knew that their parents let them know at a young age, I'm not going to give you any breaks. You either had that kind of parent that was driven. They were a coach. They were like, you're going to be driven. They put them into sports. They put them into things that were going to drive them, to push them, that they were going to perceive and, and pursue and do all of these things. Anything that was going to give them that extra step, give them that extra push, that the, whatever pain, whatever pain point, whatever thing that was going to push that pain point in them. To push past and stretch past the point of comfort within them. Because lack loves comfort. Abundance loves to be stretched. That's a whole word right there. When you are stretched, you reach that next point. Lack likes comfort. Lack wants to protect you. Lack wants to keep you safe, keep you right where you are, keep you. Abundance will stretch you, pull you, put pain in you, and grow you. Because when you are stretching, there is pain to stretch. There's pain in growth. Have you ever heard of children when they go through growth spurts? that when their bones are growing, you go through certain levels of pain at certain points because the the actual bone is adjusting to, the muscles adjusting. All of these things are adjusting to grow. Abundance grows. Lack is stagnant. Lack is comfortable. Abundance grows. have to understand that you cannot be comfortable. You can take anybody. Some of the the, the most business people, yet again I will say, uh, that when they spoke about their parents, their parents were very ruthless if it was a guy their mom in which they wanted that motherly figure would nine times out of ten be very uh agitated and push you away type mom that they weren't loving and nine times out of ten you'll see a reflection at that in their relationships with the women in which they're with because you ever heard a saying that a man will grow up and marry his mo- his mother and a woman will grow up and marry her father. But what if a man grows up and realizes the aspects of his mother that he didn't like and a woman grows up and realizes the aspects of her mother that she didn't 
or her father that she didn't like. When you detach yourself and separate yourself from the comfortability, even if your comfort is chaos. When you realize that, you make the point of saying, No, I'm not going to come into alignment with that. Some of the best points and times of when I broke certain mindsets off of myself, it was the times that I sat down and checked in with myself. I checked in with the way that my parents raised me. I checked in with the way that family around me reacted to me. I checked in with the things that my friends told me. I had to come into alignment and agreement with the things that I did like and come out of alignment and agreement with the things that I didn't like. And when that happened, you know what actually happened in my life? The people I cared about most turned on me because I no longer accepted what was originally set forth as being told as the norm. Lack likes comfort. Abundance breeds in pain and stretching. In order for me to reach an abundant level, I had to come out of agreement with that lack mindset. But in order to reach the abundant level, I had to deal with the pain. I've gone through seasons in my life and I can actually track this. I went through two to three seasons in my life where I've gone through isolation. It either took place for a year to two year periods that I was isolated, was unable to do anything, was unable to work, go to school, do anything during that period of time. I was just stuck in an isolated position. And during that time frame, in order for me to get from that season to my next, I had to grow. Now, a lot of people will go through this season of their life at pinnacle points in their life ergo I went through my first season like this right after I came out of high school my mother had passed away and I wasn't really dealing with the emotions there were things that were happening at the time that seemed like they were blocking my ability to move forward but I feel like the things that were happening that kept me in that isolated season of my life were trying to help me move through the pain and not avoid it so that I could grow to be able to handle my next season. And that was the season in which I went through going through college. It took me a year to prepare myself to be able to walk through that season to go into college. Why? One might ask. Because I had to work through the emotional triggers, pain, all the things that I was dealing with at that time during that season. And it was like my life blocked me off from being able to move forward in any other area to avoid going through the pain that I needed to suffer through in that season in order to really relinquish, check in with myself and let go so that I could 
function best in my next season. Because we as people have a tendency when we go through something that we want to keep going, keep going, keep going. The hardest thing for a person to do, admit it if you choose to, is that to sit down and stop. To sit down and listen to what's going on internally with yourself. To sit down and deal with yourself. We hate those seasons. We never really like those seasons. We don't want to go through those seasons. Those seasons are the most uncomfortable seasons that we ever face in our life. Why? Because we actually have to take a look at ourselves, check in with ourselves, admit that there are some ugly things that we need to deal with internally, whether they are something that we did or whether our parents did. And we have to not push that emotion down. Example, my mother wasn't my mother. My mother was my aunt. I was raised by the sister to my grandmother after my birth mother died, but she raised me as her own. I found out not too long after she passed that she wasn't my mother. Emotionally, that was detrimental. Had I gone through that emotional detriment and kept going, which is what my plan was to do, go into college immediately after, because you can start college. As soon as you come out of high school, if you get the semester right, you can actually start immediately. Did you know that? You can start the summer immediately after you step out of graduation. As soon as the doors close on one, you can start the other. And I could have did that had my papers been in order. But because I needed to deal with myself, the doors would not open and the papers were not in order. So I needed to deal with myself. And then when that information came out about my mother, I had to deal with that. And it was a very isolating season of my life. Fast forward, when was my next isolation? Once I got out of that isolation period, I went to college, things started to get better in certain areas. Uh, But there were still things that I was running into which kind of took my legs out from under me. Every time I thought I was progressing, I was getting my legs taken out from under me. Every time I thought I was progressing, I was getting my legs taken out from under me. When you are fighting for abundance, you will feel like you're running towards something. And the second you see the progression, it almost feels like your legs getting taken out from under you. Because you see it right there at the horizon of what you're doing and your legs get taken out from under you. And then I ended up in another season of isolation. Because five years after I went to college, I lost my ability to go to college. I lost the relationship I was in and I could not get a job at that time. For the next two to three years, Before I gave my life to God, I was in isolation. Again. Why? Because I needed to check in with myself. Because in order for me to grow in that season, 
I had to walk through the pain of the things that I was not dealing with in that five years. I had to walk through the things that I didn't want to deal with in that period of time. And it was when I was coming out of that season of isolation and getting back into my fashion and getting back into all of those things. I started blogging. I started doing all these types of things. And I started to reject the situation that I was in. There comes the pain because the people around me, when they realized that I was no longer uh, aligning with the belief systems that I'd been taught for so many years, that's when the fight started. People started coming against me left and right. Like I personally slapped them in the face. <laughs> Why? Because I was growing and they were staying exactly the way they were. I'll never forget I was talking to someone and they made the statement. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. And I said, you do realize you're not me, right? For the next 20 minutes, they argued to themselves because I got up and walked away. And I could hear them talking to themselves, arguing the point to themselves about how dare I make the point of saying I was not them because I wasn't. I separated myself from their viewpoint of the situation because they were putting themselves in my shoes, but not they were putting themselves in my shoes by telling me what they wouldn't did but the fact of the matter is because I was not them I was gonna handle it differently and I boldly told them that because an abundance mindset is willing to grow and it 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 cut them that I was strong enough to tell them no I wouldn't do that remember I was living in that situation and the thing that you realize certain people aren't willing to take certain conversations because they can't handle it there are certain arguments you don't start with certain people because their minds aren't mature enough to handle the conversation so when you bring it up one of two things is going to happen they are not going to hear you and ignore that you even said anything or they're going to try to talk over you ever notice a person that when when you come against their logic and their theory that they talk over you you may not even be yelling but they're yelling at the top of their lungs why Their lack of ability to process the information in which you are sharing with prevents them from having the ability to move forward. When a person decides to change their mind, they have to change their surroundings as well. If you have an abundance mindset and you're surrounded by lack-minded people and you start to change your beliefs, you start to digest and ingest certain different philosophies, certain different understandings, certain different belief systems, and they don't change, 
you're going to always hit a brick wall with them because they're not choosing to shift. So if you choose not to shift with them, you're going to get stuck. But if you choose to mentally shift, emotionally shift, spiritually shift from lack to abundance, you're going to actually have to physically shift because they are no longer going to be able to maintain or attain or align with the thing in which you're walking in. Because lack can't function in abundance. The lack will pull an abundant person down. Very rarely will an abundant person pull a person that has a lack mindset up. Unless the lack-minded person chooses to be lifted. And if they choose to be lifted, got to be careful about this. If they choose to be lifted and the only thing carrying them is the abundant-minded person, they'll drop down as soon as the abundant-minded person separates themselves from them. If they don't desire to change, they will latch on and be carried by the abundant-minded person. But they won't grow. Now, look at this. Look at your money. I heard a saying said in a financial concert, yeah, conference, several years back. I actually went to the second a second one of that same financial conference in a different city about three, four years ago. And when I went, I got to meet the same proctor that taught that same course again, and I was able to thank him. And what ended up happening was... The blessing of it is he made the point of saying, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Most people don't realize that they do this. If you are doing or operating in lack in your day-to-day life, you're not going to operate in abundance in your finances. Your finances are going to directly display how much lack is in your life. A lot of people will blame their finances for the lack in their life always the case the case will more than likely be the lack of you your lack of your mindset and the lack of your personality is going to prevent you from being able to have any substantial stable financial stability same goes for if you have an abundance mindset And you have the right people around you feeding you in your abundance mindset. Your finances will grow. How do I know? I was in a season in my last season of isolation. I did a three year season of isolation. And it wasn't as isolating as I would have thought it to be, but it was isolating because I was isolated from the people that I would have rather have been around. <laughs> and that was a tough season because I was growing. And I was growing in a situation where it was like an eagle 
that kicked the baby out the nest and it was seemingly horrible to say the least but I was growing I was growing mentally, I was growing emotionally, spiritually, physically, coming to understanding spiritual situations, understanding uh, family, familiar things, checking in with myself, gaining understanding about myself, growing and focusing on the things that I needed to focus on in that season. But my life looked like straight hell. Why? Your life is going to reflect what's going on. My life looked like hell because of the fact that I was ripping up all the stuff internally that I wasn't dealing with. So everything around me looked ripped up. (laughs) My entire life looked like a hot tornado mess. (laughs) Hot. And I was in isolation. And I'm glad I was. But I learned in that season. I grew in that season. Growth requires pain and stretching. For three years, I went through a growing, painful stretching season that prepared me for abundance. And you know what happened? Year four, I came into about $12,000 first and subsequently another about $10,000, altogether about $26,000 to $27,000. And I'll say altogether it came out to be about $30,000, a $30,000 year for me. And I started to get myself in order. I started to get myself in financial order. I started to get myself in alignment. I started to, I was lining myself up with financially stable people. I was grouping myself with financially stable people. I was doing all of this. I was in circles with financially stable people and my life was growing. My credit was growing. All of it was growing. Then I changed my position. I stopped being around those people and I moved to another season. And I went into a season of unknowns to me, lack. Because within about a month, the finances dried up. And I was no longer around the abundant-minded people, but I was around people that drew from me. As this, uh, if you didn't hear the broadcast that I did previously, talking about be careful of a vacuum, I either did a full broadcast on it or um, I talked about it where there will be people in your life that you will love them and love them to death because they're your family, your friends, your blood, your what have you and they will drain you dry if they can. Take every financial resource you got. Why? Because of the fact that they don't know how to carry it. They don't know how to deal with it. And because they don't know how to handle it, they will take it from you. And some people will allow them to take it. Because you may be making it, but they're going to take from you. Because they don't have it. 
and you can observe these people and figure out who these people are. Does this person never have money? Is this person always borrowing money? Is this person always doing something that is going to cause them to have something lacking within their life? This person is going to draw from you. That's why they always tell you that you are a reflection of the people, the five closest people to you. And it's true. You can have an abundance mindset all day, but if you get next to a person that has a lack mindset and then they want to draw from your abundance, they're going to take everything that you have. And everything around you is going to begin to reflect that. I ended up in a season where I left the people that had the abundant mindset. I ended up in a season with a person that had a lack mindset. And my life aligned accordingly. I went from having money to having no money. And everything that was built during the season in which I had the money pretty much disabled and the wheels fell off of it. I have nothing from that season. But why? Just like my other seasons of isolation, I'm in a transition. What I had in my last season, I cannot take into my next season, so I had to lose everything in my last season in order to come into my next season. And I guarantee you the growth that's going to happen in my next season is going to be way more than the growth I had in my last season. I had a $30,000 year in my last season. My next season, God knows and the sky's the limit that him Allow it to happen the way that he chooses. But I'm expecting 10,000, 50,000 on up. What says in the word? Exceedingly abundantly greater than you can ask for, I think. I I expect multiplication in my life. I expect it. Why? Because I got the abundant mindset. As things shift for me, things around me are going to shift. Repositioning. Repositioning. I don't know what's to come next for me, but I know I'm preparing for it. I'm shifting into it. And I'm walking in it. You will have losses. You will have gains. It's part of it's part of growth. You will have up seasons. You will have down seasons. It's all part of growth. I was listening to a training recently, and the mentor in the training made this point of saying this. What she said was that when you're growing, you're going to go through 
seasons. It's what you do in your lean seasons that support the seasons of uh, your ability. Well, it's what you do in your abundant season that supports your lean seasons. When you haven't had an abundant season and you see lack or a lean season, you see and know how to adapt to it. It prepares you, it situates you, it aligns you, you think differently. exactly the 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 main point I was going to make Uh, but since I'm here um, I'm trying to think what the point was but you have to take the knowledge in which you have it's like when you're tested if you take a test and you don't pass, you look at the parts of the test after getting it back that show you where you missed. You take that information and you build on that. You grow on that. So if you end up in that same situation again, you're not in the same place you were before. I had a $30,000 year last year, but I was not prepared to have that money so I did not save it in a way that was good for me in my mind what I would have done last year when I had that money if I'd known that I was going to end up in a lean year like this and not be able to increase off the money that I had that time period, because best believe, and I guarantee you, that I was preparing during that season to structure, set up, and position myself to have a structurized business during that period so that when the money ran out, I was going to be living off of the business. It didn't work out that way. I wasn't able to get the uh, legal lines for that thing set up the way I wanted to at the time. In hindsight, that was a blessing because what I have right now is not what I was thinking of doing then. And what I have right now um, is so much better than what I was thinking of doing at that time. Sometimes the delay is not a denial, it's a time for you to prepare. This is how I know that my next season is going to be greater than my last season. I needed that season to happen to prepare me to know, okay, if I ha- if I'm coming up on $430 per week, for example, what, about, what would I do differently this time if I had $430 a week? Or $500 a week? What would I do differently? I'm going to get my 10% to the church, which is $50. I'm 
I'ma give I'm gonna put away anywhere 52 from 50 to 100 I'm gonna secure my credit I'm gonna do all of these types of things but by putting away money which I was doing towards the end when I wanted to secure my secured credit card that had I did that $100 aside per month instead of eating it or buying certain things that I bought I would have made it through this past year a little bit better I wouldn't have ran out so quickly I had what I needed when I needed it but I could have floated a little bit better certain bills may have been paid off a little bit better So hindsight is 2020, but it prepared me. And it also gave me the ability to know what investments. Because there's certain investments that I've made in that past year that were great. And they did prepare me. I was literally listening to my coach last night. She made a point comment towards me stating that what you did was a preparation. And I said, yes, that's exactly what I did. Sometimes, some people will look at our seasons of isolation and lack as seasons of detriment. It's like, oh my God, you lost everything. Oh my God, in that season you had, oh my God. No, those seasons were preparatory seasons. They prepared you for the next season. And those seasons situate you in a way that you can catapult yourself past the point in which you were when you were in a lean season I'm a Christian so I go by the Bible there's a passage in Leviticus 25 that talks about the Sabbath in that in the Sabbath there's a season in which between year six and between year eight that there is no harvest you're not harvesting crops, you're not touching crops, you touch nothing because the land must rest. During those seasons, it's the, it's the amount of food that you stored up in year five, what is it, year four, five, and six, that gets you through year seven. See, a lot of people don't realize that fiscally, uh, smart business people literally look at finance that way. They prepare for that downturn. Some people don't like saying slow and steady wins the race because they like to run. Runners like to run. But if you're, for me, I like to call myself a power walker because I injured my foot several years ago and I walk doing power walking. And I do that for strength training for my leg whenever I do strength training. Or I do a lot of heavy walking, quick walking, power walking. And it's a steady pace. Now it's interesting. I was listening to something that my coach said last night, which I can't go back and look at because I think she deleted it. 
uh, broadcast, she was talking about um, the way that eagles and different birds fly. And she was talking about the person that, the, the, uh, the bird that glides. The person that glides, they will glide for a period of time, but even then they will lose energy. There are some that move quickly, but at the pace of, they move by flapping. The flappers, which are your sprinters and your runners, that when they flap, they can only flap but so far because they will lose energy faster than the person that glides. I feel like in comparison to some people, that let's put it this way, a person that hustles, they flap. They're flapping, they're hustling, they're flapping. They can only go that sprinting distance for a certain period of time. Black mindset will tell you, I gotta keep going, keep running, keep run, 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 run. And you will try to outrun your problem. That's never gonna work. Stop. The glider, though, they're going to do it slow and steady because, and they'll get farther faster. But it's not, they're not moving at the same pace as the person that was flapping. But they'll sometimes end up in the same position because guess what? The person that was sprinting had to stop. Then they had to go and then they stopped. And then they had to go. And the person that was gliding, yes, they were moving. But when they hit their energy depletion, that gave the sprinter time to catch up with them. person that has a lack mindset, they can catch up with a person that's gliding, power walking, what have you. Because the sprinter is going to catch up with the power walker. It didn't have to stop because the sprinter, because I used to sprint too. Uh, matter of fact, when I was in high school, what I would do is when we had a one mile course, I would sprint every um, 16th of a mile you had to go around the course four times in order to reach a mile so every 16th I would stop hit that next 15 16th with a walk hit the next 16th with a sprint walk sprint walk until I reached the entire course so that's what I did when I could actually sprint now I power walk lack mindset may have you hustle where peaceful mindset will allow you to flow because you're working smarter not harder abundance works smarter lack works harder because to a lack minded person if they feel like they're doing something as that person is busy but not doing anything They'll feel like they're doing something, but they're not. But an abundant-minded person will take the time to slow walk, power walk, observe, prepare, and move as accordingly. That means that they're moving, but they're moving at a different rate or pace. That means that they're... It's like when you take a chart and the curve is going up ever so slowly, but it is going up. The power walker is going at up that curve very slowly, but the sprinter is trying to run up that curve. 
you have to have there's a saying that goes that you have to be able to have the character when you walk into a room that can keep you there a sprinter if you sprint if i was to run perfect example you know you know kids when you see the kids at the playground and they run up a uh, slide and then you see this one there's some that can get up to the top of that slide and fully get to the top there are some that will get up to the almost to the top of that slide to slide all the way back down why because it couldn't keep them that curve on that slide the momentum that they needed to get to the top of that even with the sprint that they used to get from the bottom of the slide to the top it's not gonna work like mindset a person may they may work hustle hard and get almost to the top of that thing but because of the fact that they didn't have enough character to keep them they're gonna slide right back down but the person that was slowly there are some people that will take that same essence and what they will do instead is that they will um walk slowly in a different manner up the same slide with a different intention and they get to top an abundance-minded person moves at a different pace than a hustler there's a, another minister i listen to and she talks about operating in ease and she always she will never speak negatively about or negatively in the mindset of um, her speech because she's like that might be your viewpoint on life but I'm gonna do this is the way that she views things you have to believe that you are going to operate in ease But in the midst of choosing to operate in that ease, if you have two conflicting thought processes, meaning you have somebody that is a hustler and another person that is a flower, either the hustler is going to have to start flowing or you're going to always end up in a situation like the scripture states, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. If you're, if you are aligned with two different thought processes and each one is opposite the other, you're like a double-minded man and you are unstable. So either you are going to have to follow one or lose the other. It's another statement in the word that states that a man cannot follow two masters. He's either going to honor one or he's going to dishonor the other. Who's your master? Lack or abundance? Make a decision. And your decision will make the determination as to what will go forth next. This is Taj McCameron for the scene to live the dream until next time bye-bye love faith peace and blessings
Hello, this is Taj McCameron, and I'd like to discuss tonight about something that has become close to my heart. Kingdom, creative, connective, collective. This is my new community. In it, we are offering you the opportunity to come into a community where you will learn, you will grow, you will find support, you will find content, you will find encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment, and it'll be a safe space for you to express your feelings and get the intellectual understanding of things that you may not understand about the very industries that you're desiring to go into. How so? A lot of people look at the industries, whether it be fashion, whether it be music, entertainment, acting, dancing, singing, whatever it is. They all have a viewpoint of what it looks like. Oh, it looks like it's fun. Oh, it looks like it's what have you. Then there's also the fact of some understand that it is hard work, but there's another side to it. It's that third wall. It's the fact of the matter that it's more than just being hard work. It's the fact that you're going into a space, a place, and an experience that you don't have understanding of. It's understanding the fact that you're going into an uncharted territory and the people there know better how to operate it than you do. And the fact of the matter is it's like you're going into a den of wolves. It's like you're seeing a bunch of wolves in sheep's clothing. There are people in those industries that will smile in your face and eat you up in the next second. You need to know how, which way to go, and where. And this is my heart. Several years ago, I saw a video on YouTube about a young woman. She was vlogging about having had been in the industry and how she went in with the best intentions in the world to get and to help other people. She was going to be a model, a role model, and do all of these types of things. She got in there and somebody caught her up. They promised her the world and led her into a lifestyle that she was not appreciative of and it took her some time to get out and she was in the middle of her healing process but I saw this woman crying her eyes out and I said to myself if I ever had the opportunity how could I help somebody else the creative kingdom creative connective collective is that opportunity it's the opportunity to bring people together get them focused on what it is that is the real importance 
of what you're trying to do. How you're trying to do it. Knowing what that purpose is. Sticking to that purpose. And not swaying on your ethical and moral boundaries when you start to see change in your life. Understanding that you have to remain aware of your parameters at all times. Understanding that what it is that you're walking into is uncharted territory and you have to have people around you that are going to protect you. Some of the most influential entertainers you see in those industries if you ever really closely listen to their stories what is the first thing they already always say I had a team of people I had my mom I had my dad I had family members that were supporting me I had a team of people of friends close friends, boyfriend, whatever it was, but they had people around them that were watching their back while they were growing. And the reason they were able to be successful is they had those people to be the jumping board. You listen to people like Alicia Keys, where she said that she was uh, in a relationship with somebody and they went in together. And between that relationship, I think, her mother and I think it was a a uncle or cousin all three of them together protected her when she was going in and then the people that were in there that she came across that mentored her or walked with her kept her on the straight and narrow and that's why she's still able to be in the industry the way she is because she had the walls of the people that were protecting her you can't just go in there blind with no protection you will get run over know what it is understand the way that it works ins and outs most people don't know the simple things the fact that you sign a contract you owe that money back to the company and Every time you sit up there and you pay for a lavish dinner and pay for a lavish this and pay for a lavish that, that's coming out of the money that they gave you. Even if they're going to dinner with you, they're they're using your credit card that they put money on in order to pay for that dinner, not their credit card. They're using your money every time you go out. You want to go in a limo? You want to do? They're using your money that you're borrowing from the company to pay for that. And then you owe that money back to them. There's so many little tips and twisted tricks. Uh, the V8 Summit. Before they had the V8 Summit this year, last year when they were setting up to do the V8 Summit, there were some little uh, contractual agreements in the contract that were uh, stipulations that could mess up a performer if they were unable to perform the shows in the case that the V8 Summit was canceled due to what's going on in our society. You have to be able to read between the lines and you have to have people around you that are going to protect you. Know what, where, and how 
you can operate in these places. That's what the create. That's what the kingdom creative connective collective is. It's a place that you will learn that you you'll be able to talk about these things, ask questions. You'll be able to uh, work together, and I'm. We're also in the process right now of uh, working on Clubhouse. I've had the opportunity to be in Clubhouse rooms with people that are in these industries and listen to conversations where I learn even more of this stuff. What I plan to do is connect to those groups. And it's like, it's going to be a place that you will be able to learn and to grow. That's what the kingdom, creative, connective, collective is all about it's a safe place for you to learn and we hope to grow it to a point that it's not only the safe place for you to learn but a creative community that you will be able to find collaborate and connect with the people that you will walk into these industries with and they will become your safety net and your safety circle so that when you go in you're not going in alone That's my point for this. So if you want to join the kingdom, creative, connective, collective, find us on Facebook. Search out the Facebook group and under Steam to Live the Dream, the Facebook page, I believe, there is a group for the kingdom, creative, connective, collective, Stay on top of the articles, but we're currently right now working on the website membership and having a containment area for you guys to actually communicate and hang out. If you're interested, come join us at the Kingdom Creative Connective Collective. Until then, see you soon.